Welcome to Bible Q&A, a monthly discussion with Luther Seminary faculty about everything you wanted to know about the Bible but were afraid to ask. I'm Cameron Howard. And I'm Eric Barreto. And joining us today is Dr. Terrence Fretheim, who is Professor Emeritus of Old Testament here at Luther Seminary. Welcome. Good to be here. Thank you for having me. Thanks for joining us, Terry. So today we're talking about Bible, God, and natural disasters, and it seems almost inevitable. You can almost have a stop uh, stopwatch that as soon as a big natural disaster happens, (laughs) somebody's going to make some big theological proclamation about it, what it all means. And so often I think they're really off, really wrong. So how can we start thinking about what God has to do with these natural disasters? Where where do we start? Where do we start? Well, that's... uh, I'm not suggesting that there's only one place it's possible to start, yes. but at least sure. <laughs> uh, I think the Bible wants to start with creation, mm-hmm. yeah. and uh, gets us uh, gets us going and thinking about uh, the nature of this world which God has brought into being. And uh, one of the striking things to me about those opening chapters of Genesis, I think insufficiently uh, lifted up, is uh, the messiness of mm-hmm. uh, God's work there. Uh, yeah, opening chapters, uh, opening chapter of uh, of Genesis has God inviting that which is not God to participate in the creation of the world. Let mm. the earth bring forth, and mm. the earth brought forth. Uh, uh-huh. you, if the earth yeah. is going to be the br- one who brings forth, it's not going to be nice and and yeah. Clean. When the earth bring forth brings forth things, <laughs> a few eggs get broken along the way usually. Yeah. Or in the second chapter, God um, uh, creates uh, the human be- human beings and. Uh, with regard to the creation initially of of man, God gets down in the dirt, gets uh, d- dirt out of the mm-hmm. divine fingernails, and mm-hmm. puts this human being together. Yeah. It's a messy business, or the or the creation of a woman. I, I'm always struck at the. That was kind of surgical. When you think about it, <laughs> right? It is. It's a bloody. Yeah. It's a bloody mess. Oh, you know, yeah, you know, yeah, I mean, you, 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 you know, slicing into the side of the man. Uh, it's uh, it's gonna it's gonna be bloody. And uh, so, uh, one of the words that characterizes God's creative act, actions in Genesis one to two is messiness. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, is. <laughs> Is our natural disasters then an integral part of this messiness? And why would you create a world uh, so messy? I think because of its creative potential, actually. Oh, but, you know, we think so often of creation as being order out of chaos and imagine order to be something very sort of segmented or symmetrical or mm. neat mm. or and so that messiness right would you call is messiness also chaos or is messiness a just a characteristic of order that we might not think about yeah uh we, we'd get into the definition of chaos there uh, sure, which is yeah. difficult some would want to us uh, introduce the language of evil into this mm. conversation i wouldn't go there mm. i don't mm. think the text goes there mm. Uh, and uh, but I think chaos is a kind of uh, messiness. That's stuff, unordered stuff, with which God works uh, to bring the creation into being and uh, uh, enlists already existing creatures to participate in the in mm-hmm. the ongoing creative process. Mm-hmm. And I th- for one one of the reasons for that, I think, is the creative potential that emerges. Uh, when I was working on some of these things, I was. Uh, teaching at Holden Village in the Cascades mm. and uh, just looking around at these mountains and valleys and glaciers and everything. 
Well, these weren't here at the end of the seventh day of creation. Uh, They have developed over time in a messy way and using already existing creatures like glaciers and earthquakes and what what have you to to bring these uh, reality uh, creatures into being. Yeah, there's a sense in which, I mean, it... Just geologically, the world is a heaving mess. I mean, we used to, the continents used to be arranged differently. And when the continents and these plates start running into each other, you create mountains. And they're beautiful to gaze at and look at, to reflect. You can have this moment of kind of divine contact. But if you take a step back and think about the processes that created these valleys and these mountains, there was this kind of inherent violence or this inherent uh, right. Uh, messiness, using your terminology in this, that that to create this this creative potential, right, this moment of beauty where you're in the middle of all this natural beauty, it took this uh, all these natural disasters to get there. In a sense. Natural disaster, I think, is a is a key agent of God in the creative uh, activity, uh, bringing this world into being in an ongoing way, and for the sake of beauty. Uh, for the sake of uh, livability, yeah. uh, it's important. But there's a dark side to all this too, right? Sure. I mean, there's a yeah. sense in which, so we think about, say, the the tsunamis a couple of years, the tsunami a couple of years ago, or Hurricane Katrina, or anything like that. There's a sense in which, um, sure, I mean, these earthquakes might cause these beautiful mountains, but in the in the midst of doing so, this impinges upon people's lives. It can kill people. It can destroy livelihoods. Uh, so. How do we make sense of, of that aspect of the created order? Yeah, I think that's uh, there is uh, there are several sides to that question, but I think uh, it's uh, for the sake of the best possible future. There's going to be uh, suffering along the way. I think uh, that's just. I mean, God created a dangerous world. I mean, if you just think if you think for a moment about just the nature of everyday reality, water. Mm. Integral to life. You can't live without it. Yeah. But yeah. it's dangerous. It's awfully dangerous. Or the law of gravity. Yeah. I mean, you can't live without the law of gravity, but it works every time. You know? And, <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. and so if. My daughter uh, just scraped her knee, so she knows too well. <laughs> yes. Stuff works, yeah. and so, I mean, so there's something about the, just the nature of the world mm. in which we live mm-hmm. that will entail mm. uh, suffering, uh, accident. There's a, it's, God did not create a risk-free world. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And for the sake of creativity, I think. Yeah. And we like to think that we have a lot of control, right? That we can, um, that we control things. But I, I like what you say in your essay about, you know, the idea that we, our actions might control or bring about a natural disaster is awfully anthropocentric, right? I mean, it thinks that we are yeah. sort of the center of things, that what we do could control nature, um, you know, that our sin might bring about um, a disaster, sort of puts it, makes it all about us and not very much about God. Yeah. I think that uh, human beings can... Um, Make the situation worse, sure. Um, and uh, our, but uh, with both, with not simply sin, although that's clearly a factor here in in environmental devastation of one kind or another. But finitude, don't collapse sin and finitude. Mm-hmm. Finitude, are, we are less than perfect in the way in which we do our work in the world, mm-hmm. and uh, we shouldn't confuse uh, mm-hmm. mistakes with sins. It's just uh, yeah. we're, we're finite creatures. Uh-huh. Uh, and the, the, that finitude will uh, have ill effects on our life in a variety of ways. 
in, in, including negative effects upon the natural environment in which we live. But it gets, um, sin can in, will intensify that, make things worse. Um, and I think Genesis 3 wants to get us there. That, so you get um, the thistles and thorns that the, uh, that the earth brings forth mm-hmm. in the wake of human sin. Mm-hmm. You get um, uh, the pain in, ch- in childbirth. Is it, it, It's increased. It doesn't right. say yeah, that it's, it's created, right? It's not certainly <laughs> right. there, right? So, so there's there's something a part of it's just as a natural part of the world God created that is going to entail difficulty and uh, suffering. One thing I really appreciate about your article too, or maybe it is in a sense about us, is that sometimes these natural disasters are revealed to us. Uh, systems of injustice and oppression in, in yes. our very midst, so that. Um, you know, if if you can afford to build the right kind of house, you can live just you know you can live just yeah. about anywhere and survive a hurricane. But if you um, are living on the edge of existence on you know on, on the coast somewhere and a hurricane comes along, it's devastating. Um, that there are ways in which we structure our world that make natural disasters more or less disastrous. For sure, and particularly for the less fortunate. Right. I mean, they, just take a look at the the, the negative uh, effects on human life mm-hmm. in any given natural disaster, yeah. and the it's a higher percentage of the right. poor and the less fortunate right. who suffer through these mm-hmm. events. Mm-hmm. Uh, those of us who are more um, uh, affluent, mm-hmm. maybe, uh, we can, as you say, we can put ourselves in a position where we aren't affected yeah. as much. Yeah. Uh, yeah, we can buy insurance and flood walls and things like that. Right. But um, and even look it, looking at uh, pre-Katrina New Orleans, the the places, for example, that were lowest lying or were the cheapest land, so that's where the poorest people could live. That there's these structures, and I mean, nobody I think sets out intentionally to do this, but that our sin leads us to organize ourselves in such a way that when something when a hurricane does strike, it's the least fortunate who are struck the hardest. Yeah, I yeah, that's that's so and. Uh, I think every now and again in a given disaster, it may be that the more fortunate uh, among us uh, are hit hard. And then people wonder, oh my, you know, it becomes Mm -hmm. a special issue Mm -hmm. uh, uh, then uh, and seek to to resolve whatever situation may have brought that uh, reality about. Uh, We don't have the same kind of response when the less fortunate are... um, are affected negatively by natural disasters. Right. Yeah. And there's a danger in um, that sort of blaming the victim, right, rather yeah. than yeah. looking at the structures and the Why way that we order Why did you choose to live life. in this really cheap piece of land? Oh, right. Well, if well. you would just live in an apartment instead of in a trailer, right, that tornado might ah, not. Right. I mean, that yeah. that... Um, that 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 there's a danger in that sort of judgment if we make too many assumptions about why these disasters happen. Finitude to come back to that question gets in here more often than we realize. Uh, if you think of where do people build homes, uh, you know, on mm-hmm. on the side of Mount St. Helens, or <laughs> <laughs> at uh, you know, right. at a, a, on the edge of earth faults. I mean, that's it's, what is that? That's not sin. That's a lack of knowledge with regard to the way in which the world yeah. works, sure. and yeah. Uh, yeah. and that has negative effects over time. It's yeah. it, interesting that uh, in the book of Job, uh, you when when God finally comes uh, to, to speak to the situation. Uh, 
you get uh, a recognition that uh, Job needs to learn more about the world in which we live, in mm. which he lives, mm. uh, and uh, and he will be less negatively affected by this world if he knows more about it. Uh, mm. The best, the contemporary illustration I know of was is the w- weather. I mean, the more we have learned about the weather and the weather patterns, the more we have been able to protect ourselves from I'm the sure. negative effects. Uh, of, of weather. So right. at the end of Job, uh, God says to Job, you know, gird up your loins. And I think maybe that is learn more about the world well, in which you live, Job, yeah. and you'll function, you'll function <laughs> in ways that are, are, are healthier and uh, you'll be, uh, there'll be less suffering as a result. Mm, yeah. um, so I think we start with creation in Genesis. But let's think of a little bit about where the text ends, right? In Revelation, this vision. Revelation's full of these uh, natural disasters that are, in a sense, um, God's judgment upon the world. And in the end, you get this city that comes down and is here back on earth, in a renewed earth. An earth that, if we if we take your thinking seriously, which I think, which we should, it's um, it's a world that's still going to have natural disasters. So you have this protected city, but it's still the world. It's still the earth. Um, And the earth has hurricanes, and it has earthquakes, and it has tsunamis. And yet there's a sense that the world's been transformed in a way, that we're protected. We're in a way that we aren't now. Yeah, that would be— What's what's happening there? And certainly uh, I would agree with, in a way, that we aren't now. Hmm. But whether we're absolutely protected Mm -hmm. in such a situation would be another kind of question. Yeah, Uh, I think that— I wonder about perfection uh, here, mm-hmm. whether that's uh-huh. necessarily right. uh, a, a result of the reading of the book of Revelation. Yeah. Uh, it's, yeah, it's, it's a complicated picture at the end, right? Yeah. Because you have this massive city and it's got these huge walls, but it's also got open doors and there's still people outside of the city. Um, yes, not everybody's yeah, yeah. living in the Jerusalem. There's still people out yeah. there. The, the, the wickedness of the world is still surrounding the city, but uh, there's a sense in which the city is protected, but the doors are open. So, but... Yeah, it's, I think it's more mixed than just perfection. It's not that everything is set right. right. It's that everything is in line with God's good will. If, if you take the God's speeches in the book of Job from one angle of vision uh, as suggesting that uh, this kind of dangerous uh, uh, world, a uh, lively world, is in the service of creativity, mm. Then to have ongoing uh, convulsions, if you will, maybe too strong a word, in mm. in, in the new heaven and the new earth, right. be, would be in the service yeah. of newness. I mean, I can't you, I can't imagine a new heaven and a new earth where you're done with the new, right? Uh, you know, yeah. uh, 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 uh-huh. the renewing, the ever made right, new, right? Right. Yeah. Exactly. Interesting. Um, you've written a book about this, actually. So I yeah. think we. Tell us a little bit about it if people want to know yeah. more about your, your thinking. Yeah, thank you for mentioning that. It's a book uh, published by Baker Books entitled Creation Untamed, uh, The Bible, God, and Natural Disasters. And uh, it's a uh, study, five studies, um, one on creation, uh, one on the flood story, uh, one on the suffering of Job and what we often forget is that much of Job's suffering is due to natural disasters. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah, yeah. You know? And uh, then a chapter on suffering itself uh, and uh, uh, the why of suffering, which is a question that's often neglected. Some people think we shouldn't go there at all, but I think it can be very helpful. And then finally, uh, the, on uh, the practice of prayer, uh, 
important place of lament in particular mm -hmm. in the midst of one's experience of such natural disasters. I wonder if we could take just a minute to, to talk about sort of suffering and prayer because, I mean, in you know, these natural disasters can become places where um, people come together, uh, you know, find faith, find solidarity together, you know, um, in disaster assistance programs. I mean, that with many churches, that's a, a place where churches sort of step into the breach and do these sorts of recovery efforts. Um, but they, they often still leave us with that question of why or, or um, wherefore this suffering. So how, how might we start to think about that question of, of suffering and natural disasters? Yeah, I think uh, uh, suffering uh, is a very, very, as you know, is a very complicated uh, conversation, and I think sometimes it's handled too simply. Either God's the problem, and I'm suffering because of something God has done, or God doesn't get into the equation at all. Uh, and uh, so, uh, try, try, try to sort that through is, I think, helpful. Um, the the why questions. Uh, I, in the book, I've got, I think, a six different f reasons mm -hmm. why. Mm -hmm. um, I think the why questions are important. I'm not, we don't go into them here. But one of them that relates to what we talked about earlier, oftentimes we dismiss the why questions because we don't want to get too engaged because it might reflect back on what we have yeah. done. Oh, right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. you know, and yes. I, I don't want anything to do with that, so let's stay away from the why questions. The why uh, might involve us in the end, and that's that's pretty scary. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So I th there are. I, I, I think Joel raises the why questions, for example, in the midst of uh, suffering, and God responds to those questions. God doesn't say, "Don't ask those kinds of questions, Job." Exactly yeah. right. Yeah. That I mean that 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 those questions are in the Psalms as well affirmed as something sort of valid feelings to have questions to ask of God. Um, why and we may not always get the answer <laughs> right but, away, but, but the process of lament is and, and important. Being, being faithful is uh, lamenting is part of being faithful, not contrary to it. Not right. that that doubt and those questions. Right. So that's the very center of what it means to be a faithful person, not a detour away from it. Right. One of the most uh, uh, lamentful, uh, what should we say? persons in the Old Testament is God. Mm, I mean, yeah, God is lamenting no. in a whole variety of places. I'm just when working through Amos, for example. I mean, the, the, the lamenting of God there, Jeremiah, the lamenting of God. And so you've got sort of God who, uh, who uh, says, follow me with respect to uh, right. the way in which you respond to the suffering of the world. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, raise these questions. And, uh, and I suggest, uh, in your working through the why questions, uh, you may be of real assistance to not least the poor and, and the less fortunate among us, uh, and find ways in which to, to deal with their suffering in more positive uh, ways uh, as you move, uh, move through these experiences. Seems like an ideal place for us to wrap up. We could go on, I think, for hours, but <laughs> okay. our listeners probably only have uh, so much tolerance for us. So. <laughs> okay. Th thanks, Terry, for sharing yeah, uh, great this information with us thank you and, for, uh, the for the great article. And okay. definitely, if people want to know more book, uh, more. The, I think the book is a perfect place to turn. Creation Untamed. Yeah, sure you there can we find are. it on Amazon and your local bookstores. <laughs> <laughs> okay, thanks very much. Appreciate it. <laughs> 
Thank you for joining us on Bible Q&A. You can find more information at enterthebible.org. Join us again.